There's a brand new festival to talk about, and don't you know, we're going to eat all the food and review it right here. All right, everybody, it's Corey story time, so kick back, relax, put your feet up, and get ready for this one. We're not just going to report news and talk about it. That's already been regurgitated a million times. Who wants to hear all that again? This is not your grandfather's Disney World podcast. So I'm watching this new thing on Netflix. Let me talk about it. Now Tammy's got me running all over Disney World for this latest lounge fly. Seriously though, Jillian should have a tag on her chest at all times that says, if lost, return me back to China. All right, there it is the introduction to the brand new podcast. Welcome everyone to Living in Diz, the podcast. You've known us as Living in Diz, the YouTube channel, and we figured we it was time. It was time. We branched out and we tried a little bit of podcasting, dipped our toes in the water with the five-minute podcasts over at Swell. I can tell you that those will not end, but it just gave me the desire to do more. So you're getting it. Here we are. I don't know yet how much we'll do in terms of how many times we'll release in a month's time. I would think I would hope that my goal could be once a week, but um, I'm not going to promise that uh, right away because I don't want to put that pressure on me because that's when I can start to get disinterested uh, pretty quickly sometimes because I know myself and I jump into something, I go really hard and then I'm like, you know what, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done with this. Now and then you're going to hear a Mushu in the background. He's our famous bird in the family. Um, he loves to talk during podcasts, Zoom calls, and all kinds of things. So I don't know. When you hear him in the background, just say, hello, Mushu. Whether you're driving in your car or listening at home, just do that. So today in our pilot podcast, we're going to cover some things. I'd like to talk about the year in review. Um and besides that, I think I think that'll just kind of be quick. I wanted to do a year in review earlier, but ring in the new year with some wonderful sinus infection, upper respiratory deal, which is why this podcast is coming out a little bit later than I wanted it to. But nevertheless, we're kicking it off. 2023 is going to be positive and strong. Um, so I can promise you that. Because 2022 had a lot of negativity in it. And we'll get into that a little bit more later. But we're going to talk about farts. You know, 
not like the thing. See, see where your brain goes? No, no, we're not talking about the bodily functions. We're talking about that is what locals like to call Festival of the Arts. Festival of the Arts is coming to Epcot and it is coming really soon. It starts February 13th, which is this upcoming Friday. We're recording this on the, well, Oh, I, yeah, that's right, January. It's actually coming January, in just a few days from the recording of this podcast. And it takes us into February, which the exact date is not in front of me at the moment, but I believe it spans like just over a month uh, to the 20th. So technically January 13th to February 20th. It's our shortest festival here in Epcot. Um, we like to rank them. I can't even, I can't even remember how I like to rank the festivals at Epcot. We have Festival of the Arts. We have the, um, Festival of the Lion King. No, we, we just have so many festivals and they're all great in their own rights. We have Flower and Garden, Food and Wine. Festival of the Arts, and we also have the holiday one. Um, what's what's the name of the holiday one? Yeah, I can't. I, it's not Festival of the Holidays. That's it. So there's a bunch. They all bring their own fantastic things to it. I enjoy, as I do with all festivals, is eating the food. And since we've had a live stream channel. It just makes me even more excited when each festival comes because I get to share it with everybody. I get to, it motivates me to go from booth to booth or as many booths as I can and, you know, review the food and branch out outside of my own comfort zone because there are some things that I probably wouldn't try. I guarantee I wouldn't try if I wasn't sharing it live on YouTube. So um, Festival of the Arts is great. We'll get into that a little bit in a little bit. And what I want to do is I looked at some of the food booths and I already have a plan. I have the most comprehensive plan than I've ever had going into a festival. Like I have my top like eight or 10 booths that I want to attack before I even look at anything else. Uh, every podcast, we're going to cover an attraction feature. So we'll pick an attraction and we'll talk about the history of it. And if I have any stories or memories of that attraction, or if any family members here do, we can talk about that. And uh, just, you know, hey, what am I playing on PlayStation or Oculus? What am I watching right now? Which Tammy and I don't watch much. We really don't watch much on TV, but now and then we'll get into something and when it grabs me, you know, uh, and I really enjoy it. I like to talk about it and everyone loves story time when we're live and I try to pick and choose my times when I'll do story time. Usually it's when we're live um, in line and I know it's going to be a while or a walking from one place to another. That's always a good time to share a personal story, something that happened to me during the day, something that happened to me whenever. Whatever triggers 
a story I'm always happy to share, and I know everybody loves it. So we have to include story time on the podcast, I think. And so there was some news that broke. So let's start with that. I don't want to talk about, I don't want to come on and just talk about news for 30 minutes or 45 minutes or an hour. There are other outlets for that. They do a good job doing it, and we'll just let them do it. I will tell you, though, that uh, sources close to Disney, sources in Disney have told me that they they they, they kind of don't like these news sources so much. They Some of them, they get irritated by them because people are reporting it, you know, as breaking news and blah, blah, blah. And, and it is, but they're only getting it from the Disney website, which everybody can get it there. So that's just personal experience that I've had talking with Disney officials. So, and when we started our channel, I dipped my toes in that with Jillian a little bit and thought we would do Disney news um, every vlog. And it, it gets to be a lot of work. And again, just like I do in life, like I don't like to do what everyone else is doing. And I think that's a good thing. It's not thinking negatively against anyone else, but I want to do my own thing to some degree as well. You know, when the iPhone was popular and I got my first cell phone, I got the Samsung. You know, when everybody was wearing those hot Nikes, I don't know, I got the Reeboks. <laughs> it's just, you know, when everybody got the, the Apple Watch, you know, I did get an Apple Watch, but I, I went to the Samsung gear. So I kind of marched to my own drum and it's what we've done on our channel too. Um, I really don't, you know, see, we, we we don't want this to come off wrong when we say this, but we have our share of friends in the Disney YouTube community. There's, an, there's amazing people, but there's also some people that aren't so amazing and they know how I feel about them. We won't, we won't, we won't say any names, but they know, they know it's not all rainbows and sunshine on the other side of the camera. And, um, over time and experience, we've learned this and, um, we do our thing. We do our thing and our friends know who they are and that's what we do. And, um, it hasn't hurt our channel. Our channel continues to grow and we continue to do our thing. And, um, we thank you to all, all those that love us. So let's dip into this podcast and the first thing I want to talk about is there was some there was some breaking news today. So three things pretty much broke officially, and they all happen within they're going to happen within 24 hours of each other, which is happily ever after and Epcot forever return on April 3rd, 2023. And am I excited about this? Yes. Tron opens to the public on April 4th. So very excited about those things. By the time Tron opens on April 4th, the kids and I, God willing, we get Tammy on there. So as I record this, Tammy, Tammy's just chilling in the background. So I can, I can yell back to her now and then. Um, What's the percentage of you going on Tron for the first time? 
She doesn't know yet, but she's not ruling it out. So hopefully it will happen. So when Tron debuts on April 20th, I'm sorry, on, on, on April 4th, I think that I would have ridden Tron probably about three or four times before then. Um, I was invited by a cast member that when they are invited, they asked if if I would be honored to join them. And I said, absolutely. So if that follow, falls through, follows through, it happens. Um, I will have done that at a cast member preview, which is going to take place several days before that. But Disney also, if we're lucky enough to get an invite to the annual pass holder preview, we'll do that too. So I'm very excited about it. I can't wait to try it. Um, I think it's going to be amazing. And from uh, observing it, though, my opinion going in is I don't think it will be as good as Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, which is currently the top best coaster in Walt Disney World. I think hands down. I'm a big lover of Everest, but, you know, they're all so unique. And I just think Cosmic Rewind is still so unique that it's going to be hard to beat. And you kind of have an idea of what Tron is going to be like already. Now I'll tell you what could push it over the top is the speed because when the kids and I have done VelociCoaster and I would say, especially Hagrid's over at Universal, that the speed is what really puts our opinion over the top with those rides. So um, not sure how fast Tron is, but uh, if it's upwards of 70 miles an hour, let's go. So happily ever after, I, I have to say it, um, Enchantment has never been a favorite show for the entire Diz family. I do it for the stream. I know people enjoy it, so I do it for them. When I'm watching the show, do I find myself singing certain parts of it? Yes, there are certain parts of it that I love, but I don't love the show as a whole. And truth be told, on the podcast, I can't stand You Are the Magic. I can't stand it. And I think you agree, Tammy, too, right? I don't know. It, the, the lyrics... Not a big fan. You are the magic. No, it's not doing it for me. And I am very happy that Enchantment is not hanging around any longer. Happily Ever After is the GOAT. It is the best Magic Kingdom show ever. And I'm all for change at times, but change for the better. Uh, it's going to be hard to beat Happily Ever After. Do I mind Happily Ever After coming back? newly revamped with some added twists sure add some things to it but happily ever after is amazing and for epcot forever you know i have epcot forever is definitely near and dear to my heart and it's only for this reason 
it's because I feel like it was the first show or one of the first shows that we live streamed consistently. And just the enjoyment I got from watching the show and sharing it and looking on chat and watching everybody in, enjoy it, looking at Tammy and going veggie, veggie, fruit, fruit, cha-cha-cha. It was so much fun. So I don't know. I have an emotional attachment to Epcot forever. So thank you to Disney for throwing that in there while we actually transition to something new for the hundredth. And they are going to have to do a good job, an outstanding job of doing better than Harmonious because unlike Epcot forever, Harmonious grew on me quick. And I love Harmonious. There's so many great components to it. And I know we hate the barges during the day, but the barges were pretty great. We're, it's something we've never seen in a show in the entire world to watch those things go, go at night. And, um, you know, they're going to have to do something. It's just not going to cut it. If you have fireworks flying in the air, I don't care how great the fireworks show, you're going to have to have some kind of screening. So could they go the world of color type in the lagoon? Sure, they could do that. I mean, world of color looks amazing. Not asking them to do world of color, but a show like that could work. But could it top harmonious? Um, time will tell. I, I don't know what else. I know that there'd been talk in the past about a drone show that could top it if they did it right. Whenever something's announced and something's new, I always give Disney the benefit of the doubt because they are Imagineers and they are Disney. So I always have high hopes and I think everybody else should too who are Disney fans. So there was some other news that I wanted to hit on before we moved on. And it's for annual pass holders. And this comes out of the blue to me. Today, Josh DeMauro sent out a letter of notice to cast members prior to announcing it to the public a couple of hours later. But I did learn it before the public. And you'll all know this by now, maybe, as this is released much later in the week. But in the recent past, if you were an annual pass holder or anybody else, you could not park hop until after 2 p.m. Now we can do it after 11 a.m. And even better than that, we, do know, we no longer need pass, uh, park pass reservations. Monday through Friday, actually the entire week. The only time you need one now as an annual pass holder is if you are going to Magic on Saturday. It could be Sunday too, but it's definitely Saturday where you need a Magic Kingdom one. So good stuff, trending in the right direction. So could this be more of a step in phases of where we phase out the park pass system? Let's hope so. But it does bode well for me 
not that I really ever change my mind, but, and I do kind of, I do definitely like to commit to my schedule when I'm planning live streams, but it gives you a little bit of flexibility there. So that's kind of neat. Um, so yeah, exciting times, exciting times. Bob Iger is in, and so far, just these changes I spoke about tonight are very good changes, I think. Next, let's get into farts. Once again, it's just fun to say farts. You know, just like monkey farts. Why did they get rid of monkey farts over at the um, at Disney Springs at the co-op? Because they had all these different really cool smelling candles and scents. And they had a banana candle and they called it monkey farts. And now monkey farts is gone. So you can't say monkey farts anymore. So... The farts I'm talking about right now is actually Festival of the Arts, and it's just something that I think, I'm guessing the locals here came up with that for fun, but it is Festival of the Arts. It is an amazing celebration of culinary, visual, and performing arts, and what is the difference between the food you get at any other festival compared to Festival of the Arts, it's very artful. When you look at it, presentation has to be on point. It has to be beautiful. And it's one of the really great things for Instagram. It's really great when we're live to just wow everyone with these beautiful specimens on a plate that we're about to eat as well. It's it's good stuff. It's beautiful and we can't wait to attack all of that. And I am not sure if this podcast will be out before that happens, but I am sure as heck going to try. I'm going to preview some things right now that I've already scouted out what I want to try. And I normally have been doing that lately, but this time... I made I made a list. Instead of going off the main list, I made a list of exactly what I want to try. Now, I could veer off that easily. I could veer off that even in day one, which is we'll be live streaming on January 14th, trying a bunch of foods. But what I'm seeing here is there's a lot of returning foods that I will try again. And sometimes I try them again just because I think the stream should see them again, um, where I wouldn't because I've had it already. Um, and maybe it's not one of my super favorites or like, for example, I think I missed some things in the at food and wine just because I'd had it like a couple years in a row and I wanted to focus on some other things. So that happens. So not in order. I was going to go in order and put my top 10 items I'd like to try. Um, but 
we're just going to go in the order that I found them and go at it like that. So the first booth, and I'm probably going to mispronounce some of these things, but don't hang me for it. So for 2023, Festival of the Arts, food booths, Vibrante and Vivido. It's in Canto Cocina. And what we're looking at is there are three items. And a lot of times when I'm live, I will actually try everything in that booth. Most of the time I do as far as food. Beverages, I don't really try the beverages because they're mostly with alcohol and I don't drink. So, um, yeah, if anybody's ever watching or wanting to watch live streams or vlogs getting reviews on alcoholic drinks, we are not the channel to watch. So if we want to talk about these three offerings, you have chorizo and potato empanada with turmeric aioli and annatto aioli that's 675 you have spicy ajaco soup and guajillo and arbol chili spiced chicken potato avocado corn and creme fraiche like i said don't shoot me on that and also the dessert is passion fruit Moose with dragon fruit jam. So respectively $675, $650, and $5 for those. And they all sound fantastic. The pictures look amazing. Uh, very colorful. And the spicy Jaiko, I know I'm not even saying that correctly, but soup. It looks amazing. It's like very orange and and I don't know if there's oil in there or butter that gives you all the, it looks like when you mix oil with water, that's all I can think of at the top, but they have a, they have an ear of corn sticking out of it. So that looks really good. The passion fruit mousse just with dragon fruit, they should call it Encanto because it looks like it. It has a nice, I don't know if that's a chocolate piece sticking in the side of it, but it's very bright orange. The dragon fruit, uh, the passion fruit mousse, and that's going to be amazing. We are going to try that pretty, pretty quickly on the live stream. So moving on, pastoral palette. They have some selections here, and I believe that I was going, I think that I had the wild boar that was offered uh, last year, I'm pretty sure I did, but uh, who knows? I think I'm going to try it again. I did mark down that I want to try everything in this booth. So with this booth comes red wine braised beef short rib with parsnip puree, broccolini, baby tomatoes, and aged balsamic for $8.50. The wild boar cassoulette with duck confit, ham hock, and wild boar sausage for $9.25. Little pricey. Um, and black forest cake, chocolate mousse with morello cherries and chantilly cream for $4.75. Uh, with the braised short rib, it looks like you get a decent amount. 
Um, part of my rating when I'm live, I take into account the pricing and the portion, as well as presentation and most importantly, taste. Braised beef short rib looks really good. Very, very small portion of the wild boar. And it's very expensive. Um, so we'll probably still dip into that. And the pastoral palate is actually a flight uh, or has a flight of drinks, which we um, we won't do. So that's a look at that one. And as we move over to the next booth, we're looking at Italy, which is Le Art de Menagerie menu, butchering it. A lot of times I don't eat in Italy because portion-wise it's small. It's also super expensive. I don't know why. It's Italian food. Um, and, you know, a lot of it's in red sauce and pasta. And there's only so many ways you can do Italian, which I love Italian. It's my absolute favorite type of food in the world. So I believe it or not, I tend to I tend to bypass that one a little bit. So I do have it marked down this time, and I have myself marked down to try, well, nothing specific. So we'll probably just take a look at it and decide then. But there's a mozzarella fritta, flash fried breaded fresh mozzarella with artist palette condiments, no pricing. These are all new things, too, by the way, making their debut for the very first time. Ravioli I Fungi Pearl Tartifate, which includes wild mushrooms stuffed pasta with truffle butter and truffle pearls. The Budino Al Cicciolato Chocolate Pudding with um, Colorful Chocolate Decor is what that is. Um, I hate when things are really hard to pronounce, but it is what it is. Moving on to the next booth that I have picked out is the El Artista Hambriento, which also means the hungry artist. And we're talking about Mexico. So there's three things there. It's the carne asada, which is chipotle marinated beef sirloin, sweet potato puree, and crispy fried onions. That is new. As a matter of fact, all three things at the Mexican booth are new, which is awesome to see. Uh, that is the Harache de Championes, which is gailo chili and corn mesa hiracha with pinto beans, oyster mushrooms, nopales, queso fresco, and pea tendrils. And lastly, flan de coca, which is coconut flan, guava sauce, and whipped cream. No pricing is notated on that one as well. The deconstructed booth is one of those booths that are one of the first ones you pretty much encounter when you head into the countries, you know, in the middle there where Mexico is to the left and Canada is to the right. It's one of the first things you see, and it's usually located just to the right. Um, Deconstructed Dish is the name of the booth, and it's the coolest named booth, I think. 
And what they do is they they do that. They deconstruct the desserts, the food offerings. They pull them apart and make them very, very artful. And all three things returning, nothing new, but they are pretty amazing from what I remember. And we are going to do it again because I think it's worth looking at. It's worth reviewing for a new audience and also revisiting with everyone that's re-watching again. So the destructed BLT is pork belly, soft poached egg, onion bread pudding, watercrest espuma, and tomato jam for seven bucks. Deconstructed French onion soup, which has beef broth ravioli, gruyere cream, onion bread pudding, and onion textures for $6.50. Deconstructed key lime pie, flexible lime curd, Key lime mousse, graham cracker cake, and merengues for $6.25. Looks amazed is. Um, so those are all really good. I can remember this is either the first time I ever actually had pork belly. And I think it goes for Jacob as well. But I fell in love with it. <laughs> I fell in love with that. So, and he did too. So very, very good. Jumping over to Deco Delights, it is basically in the name. You have three offerings, and they're all desserts. And these are all returning as well. We've got Dolce Chocolate Mousse with Chocolate Cremo and Dark Chocolate Truffle for $5.25. Decadent Val Valrona Chocolate with Dark chocolate mousse, chocolate brownie, and cassis mousse. I think that's something Tammy would go for. All chocolate. Orange mousse with lemon cake and raspberry merengues. That is five bucks. They're all five bucks except for the Dolce chocolate mousse that I read off first, which is $5.25. And those are all located at Deco Delights. The final offering here that we're most interested in is the artist table located in America. As I say that, like Sam Eagle, America, mostly America. So there are three brand new things. Can we say, yay, there's a lot of brand new things to try. And that's music to my taste buds. So the first one is the three meat meatloaf with peas and carrots Green pea pudding, carrot ketchup, shaved carrot salad, and snap peas. Whoa. Duck and dumplings, smoked duck breast, ricotta dumplings, petite vegetables, and duck juice, which is J-U-S, so it might not be juice. And, oh, guess what? A favorite that you can always find over... At Homecoming in Disney Springs, Hummingbird Cake, which is banana cake with pineapple, coconut, pecans, and cream cheese frosting with banana sorbet. So those have no pricing on them yet, but they all sound amaze-diz. So there is that. And the other great thing about Festival of the Arts is in between eating this wonderful food and looking at the presentation and all of that and sharing it with everyone live, 
is the art itself. So if you've been to Festival of the Arts before, Tammy will agree with me that a lot of the art returns, so it's things you've seen. But at the same time, the, the art is so great that you don't mind seeing some of it again. But you always love to see some new pieces. And so looking forward to that, looking forward to showing it. And if you really go in depth, it's really difficult to do this all in one live stream, which is also okay because it just gives us more content to do at a later date. And also with every festival comes music and merch. So the art festival brings Broadway shows. It brings Broadway performers to sing some of their favorite tunes, which will live stream. And everybody loves watching that too. And we will also show some merch. And lately, I've liked not knowing what the merch looks like so I can see it for the first time. Um, so I am totally unaware if any merch has surfaced yet. I'm guessing this is about time it should. It should. But maybe Disney's waiting for tomorrow because they dropped so much news today. So that's Festival of the Arts. We can't wait to cover it. And once again, Festival of the Arts is the shortest festival, and it is spanning this year from January 13th through February 20th, 2023. All right, it's time for our next segment, which is History in the Diz. And this is where we're going to take every podcast and have a segment where we talk about a an attraction. It could be a show. It could be a ride. Anything to do with entertainment in Disney World. Sometimes we'll talk a little bit about, you know, um, other parks because there are some tie-ins there, but uh, main focus, at least for now, unless we run out of things to talk about in Disney World, um, we'll branch out later. But right now the focus is going to be pretty much Walt Disney World. I figured that we would start with Jillian and I thought were the was the most popular attraction in all of Walt Disney World, and it's Haunted Mansion. Yeah. So let's talk about a little bit of the history of Haunted Mansion. Uh, I'm taking, I did some research, and there is an article, I'm, I'm pretty much going to read it word for word, and then I can talk about it. Um, this comes from wdwinfo.com written by zoe wood and i'm looking at this for the first time in reading it to you so talking about a brief history of disney is one that uh, she was very excited about um the haunted mansion is an attraction loved around the world literally a form of this ride appears in Disneyland as Haunted Mansion, Disney World as Haunted Mansion, Tokyo Disneyland as Phantom Manor, Disneyland Paris as Mystic Manor, 
and Hong Kong Disneyland as Mystic Manor. The only park not to feature a version of this attraction is Shanghai Disneyland, with the reason said to be around the Chinese culture's sensitivity to ghosts and ancestral spirits. Excuse me if you can hear Mushu in the background. Apparently, he's wanting to be in the podcast right now. Once again, we play that game. If you hear Mushu in the background, just say, what's up, Mushu? So let's go back and start at the beginning. In the 1950s, a Disney legend named Harper Goff sketched out a rundown building atop a hill overlooking Main Street. Fellow Imagineer Ken Anderson was chosen to expand on the idea, building a storyline and plan for a haunted building to take its place in New Orleans Square. The old and tired building would be complete with boarded up windows and doors, or should I say boarded up windows and doors, uh, overgrown weeds and plants, as well as bats and screeching cats. Uh, Disney was interested in the concept, but didn't like the idea of a dilapidated building in the middle of their beautifully architectured park. A visit to Winchester Mystery House in San Jose provided the perfect inspiration, and before long, Anderson imagined storylines for the expansive mansion-style building. A new concept made for the ideal compromise in allowing disturbing beauty on the outside, while the inner walls had all manner of spooky stories to tell. The Haunted Mansion attraction saw many delays, primarily due to Walt Disney's time-consuming involvement with the World's Fair in 1964 to 1965, and a redesign that occurred after Walt's death in 1966 when the project moved from a walkthrough-based experience to ride-on style, thanks to the new technology of Omnimover. The ride vehicles, later known as Doom Buggies, could turn in any direction, allowing Imagineers to utilize more of the surrounding space and tweak the guest experience. That way they can see and hear specific features. The ride remains mostly unchanged, aside from a new, a few minor upgrades and the addition of the season holiday overlay. Featuring Nightmare Before Christmas characters, you can see in a video that's attached below. Um, Magic Kingdom was also expecting the arrival of its own haunted mansion with the ride elements in production alongside the Disneyland ride. With the exclusion of the library and music rooms, the rides have the same pieces and characters. Of course, there is a fundamental difference in how the stretching room operates and the exterior, which moves away from the Southern influence and is more reminiscent of an upstate New York estate designed to reflect a Dutch Gothic theme. Over time, the Magic Kingdom attraction saw more upgrades than the original back in Disneyland, including the floating Madame Leota, in 2007 and the all-new interactive queue that was introduced in 2011.
Um, so there it is. There is the history of Haunted Mansion. Um, one thing not mentioned, it's really cool when you exit. This is something for you good to know if you didn't know. And I do show it on the live stream sometimes. When you exit, come on out and stand by the cemetery. There's a cemetery there with different stones. And that is also where uh, Toad, from Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, uh, resides. So you can look in there. Um, if I'm not mistaken, he's way up at the top of the hill. But then keep looking at the mansion, especially at night. You might have to wait five minutes or so, but you'll see lighted spirits going across the big window uh, from left to right. So that is also pretty cool. Um, I love it personally so much. It, it is my favorite classic favorite all-time ride in Disney World. And it's just so much fun. It's just so much fun. As far as like my favorite room, I love the I love the dining area and the effects are really cool there. Um is it my favorite? Yeah, that's that's probably my favorite spot. My favorite piece of music though is of course in the graveyard, you know. Grim grinning ghosts about to socialize is um, something I always have fun with. And I think it's always expected that I sing a few bars of that while we're live. I try not to do the whole thing because I don't want to ruin the entire experience for those who don't want to hear me sing and want to enjoy the attraction. So it's an amazing attraction. It deserved to be the first one that we would feature here on the podcast. Haunted Mansion, everybody. Um, so, yeah, good stuff. Now it's time for Corey's story time. Like I said in the intro, kick back, relax, put your feet up, but not if you're in the car. I can't stand when people put their feet up on the car on the dashboard. Oh, man. And that's like a girl thing. But I actually saw a dude doing it the other day. I had to like double take on that one. <laughs> so here we go. It's the we're going to title it the Christmas tree tragedy of 2022. Be good if I could get some reverb on that, too. Here it goes. You can't even make this stuff up, I swear. So we decided a year ago in 2021 that it was time for a new Christmas tree. We see all these new Christmas trees coming out that have the newer lights and you can hit the remote control and you can change it to 400 different settings, colors. If you just want white one night, you can have white, just green, just purple, just blue, multicolor, all that good stuff. So we checked last year and they were pretty expensive and we were like, well, we'll wait. We'll, we'll go out and we'll pick something up at the beginning of 2022. So right after Thanksgiving, Jillian and I go out and we head right to Lowe's and I'm all excited. I'm all gung ho. We're going to do this. And like most big purchases, I have to 
FaceTime Tammy if she's not there and show her all of the products. We had bad cell reception in there. Couldn't connect to the Wi-Fi. Stores need to make their Wi-Fi much easier to connect to, by the way. So we're there for a while. And ultimately what we found was there was a tree that was on sale for $99. But wouldn't you know, it wasn't very good. So to find the proper size, and the proper size for us was going to be 7 feet, we needed the new lights, and we wanted more better quality branches. The branches that we had on the existing tree were about the as cheap as they come, like the thinly cut plastic, you know, paper thin. Doesn't really look like, I don't even know what you call those things on pond pine trees. They're not leaves. I don't know. So... Anyway, at Lowe's, as it turns out, we ended up either finding, price-wise, the lights we wanted, but the cheap branches, or the good branches with the old lights. Who does that? I don't, I don't understand. So, we gave up, because whenever I go to buy something that's in the triple figures of numbers and pricing, I always put a, well, maybe I do it with everything. I always put a price in my head of what I think it should cost. And then I go from there. And so I think we had in mind like 200 bucks, give or take. We might go over to maybe 225, something like that. And there was nothing even close to fit that criteria. I'm talking $300 up. So both stores pretty much operate the same when it comes to things like this. But I said to Jill, well... Let's go to Home Depot. We get in the car. We go to Home Depot. What we found at Home Depot was ultimately the same scenario. But at first, I got really excited because I thought we did find something that was actually going to check all the boxes. And then as we took a, a final look at it, it just didn't. We were compromising too much. And I can't remember what it was we were compromising on. So... We decided the ultimate that, well, this is what we'll do. I guess we'll go home. We'll put up the old tree again, you know, old, reliable. And we will go the day after Christmas and we'll get the best deal on the best tree. Well, let's not jump to the day after Christmas because we have to talk about Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve was a wonderful um, evening. We had some good friends over. We played a very long version of Monopoly. We And that had to end at some point. So um, we ended it because we were all getting our butts kicked by uh, my friend Kathy's dad, who really um, took us over the coals on that one. So had some wonderful treats, had a great time. And I don't know, at some point, when they left and the kids went to bed, we carried out the tradition of Santa Claus. And Tammy comes out and starts spreading all the gifts. For some reason, I fell asleep, dead on the couch. And at some point, when I feel like, I don't know, something prompted me to wake up. And I got up. And she's like, look, I, I, I organized all the presents. I'm like, nice. I'm half awake. Um, I noticed that she turned off pretty much most of the lights, except for the Christmas tree. I'm like, you missed the Christmas tree. Well, the problem is 
the outlet for the Christmas tree is pretty much behind the Christmas tree. And the obstacles to get to it is usually just squeezing by Mushu and the tree a little bit and reaching over. Well, I started to slide the gifts over to make myself a path. And in doing that, I reached too far. And before I could catch myself, I grabbed Mushu's cage. I must have let it go because I don't know how I didn't take it down with me. I went right shoulder first into the bottom half of that tree from the center down, bent all the branches, and landed on the floor. How that tree didn't hit the floor too, I don't know. Um, so I got up, and I was very, very uh, shaken up. Not really shaken up. I was ticked. So... I get up and I just want to, I want to vent my frustration to someone. And I look at Jacob who was standing right beside me and I'm like, why didn't you try to save me? And he's, he's so sensitive. You know, it looked like he was about to bust out in a tear and I'm like, no, 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 it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. And so I look at Tammy and I'm like, why did you allow this to happen? And she's like, I didn't do it. <laughs> so I'm like, but if you didn't tell me to not move the gifts, I was looking for someone to blame. And I had my big Mushu slip, not Mushu slippers, because I can hear Mushu in the background again. Um, I, I had my big minion slippers on, and I kicked him off, said a few words I won't repeat, and took a deep breath and said, how are we going to fix this? This tree looks horrible. So I gave it some thought, and Jacob and I were able to turn that tree so the damaged branches were, was in the corner and we didn't have to look at it on Christmas Day. And I said, we just have to laugh at this. Tammy's like, no. I'm like, no, we have to laugh at this. So uh, that's pretty much it for that piece. Avoid, you know, I, We didn't avoid disaster, but we at least didn't have to look at that nasty side of the tree the next day. So we go to Lowe's. I don't think it was the next day either. I think we waited like a, another day or whatever. So in doing that, Tammy and I go to Lowe's. There's nothing there. There's nothing at Lowe's. I'm like, what is this? I thought this is not supposed to be the way it's supposed to work. Like you're supposed to go and now there'll be some stuff on clearance. Well, I learned from the Lowe's guy who comes up to me and he's like, yep. So we pretty much get rid of those on Christmas Eve. I'm like, what? Yep. He's like, we give them away to the sheriff's office, the hospitals, children's centers, whatever. We even negotiate. He's like, if you would have come in and said, give me a hundred bucks off, I would have given you a hundred bucks off. You know, whatever tree you wanted. I was floored. So Tammy and I went over to Home Depot to find the same situation. So I said to her, I guess I'm going to have to go home, repair the branches I broke, and we're going to have to put Old Reliable up for Christmas 2023 and make sure we buy the brand new tree for 2024 the day before, which is Christmas Eve. We'll have to go out to Lowe's and purchase that tree. Stay tuned in one more year to find out if we accomplished our goal. That is a story that needed to be told, even though this is being recorded, you know, in the second week of January, because we didn't launch the podcast yet, it had to be told. So I hope you enjoyed that.